everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, oh, Matt, because we have to. Matt, how are you? I mean, you, here, Matt, I survived. Fan, you know, you Does say, that count? Hey, I'm, Robbie, I'm fantastic. Blah, blah, blah. That's what you say. I mean, you, you could say fantastic in certain uh, horrible <laughs> versions of that. Fantastic meaning out there. Meaning, yes, unbelievable. Meaning not dead. That's not really what I meant, Matt. Okay. You know, thanks to this episode. Mm, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. For $5 a month, gains access to that much, much more. Old episodes uh, that are falling off the main feed uploaded every week. These episodes early and uncut. And we would appreciate you if uh, you've listened to the show for a long time. You've never. Uh, support us over there promise the sign up process promise the sign up process is not hard or complicated it will help it'll, even if you just give us two bucks just once it would really help we'd really appreciate it this week's episode is a midsummer's nice dream which don't know why that this title has nothing to do with the what happens like there's no what there's that's a shakespeare reference there's no shakespeare in this except for bart at the very end um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, Matt, Matt, you have a task today. Okay. I'm going to give you a task. Oh no. Uh, what if, if I start pontificating, okay. If I start, <laughs> if I start rambling, pontificating, monologuing about any one thing in this episode, you are to stop me. Okay. This episode, okay. I, I'll get, I get one time. Okay. I get once I get a single time. And then after that, do not allow it. Because I this episode does not deserve it. It is abysmal. Uh, and it is not a Simpsons episode uh, in my book. Where was I? Episode NABF09 originally aired March 13th, 2011. Written by Dan Castellaneta and Deb LaCousta. They have a horrible track record. And this is maybe their worst <laughs> episode yet. I, I think it is. I think this is the worst one they've done together yet. Um, see, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, received a 2.9 rating with 5.4 million viewers. Five million people watch this episode. Man. Five million, five million, five million people. Can't believe it. It's unbelievable. They wonder why The Simpsons, why people stop watching. Hmm, I wonder why. The chalkboard gag, Daylight Savings is not a failed bank. It's not a bad chalkboard gag. It's clever. Uh, the couch gag, The Simpsons run to the couch and a spring throws them off. At least it's simple and quick. No, see, that's the thing, Matt. Quick. What? I don't... It gets us to the episode. This episode guest stars Cheech and Chong as themselves. Cheech Marin, Tommy Chong as themselves. I think they, together they have more lines than Homer in this, than anyone. Oh, by far. By far. Like, this is might be the episode. I don't know. We'd have to do some math. It feels... Like the most of celebrity guests, celebrity guests have dominated an episode. We complain about Ricky Gervais, which is bad. And I certainly, you know, I have less ill will towards Cheech and Chong, despite the fact they're, I've been bombarded with ads for their gummies, their CBD gummies over lately, like just endlessly like here, buy their gummies. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, whatever. I don't really hate, I, I don't really feel much about Cheech and Chong. They are, of a bygone era, which is, I think, a thing that <laughs> the only thing you get from this episode is like, this is not for me. 
this is for well yeah because uh, they, they allude to that it's it's a few points of like oh yeah we used to have these records and they were crappy after three you know uh, plays and we get that a little bit but i feel like if they just focused on how cheech and chong are not funny anymore eh? that's it. <laughs> matt i'm gonna this isn't the only i think that, like you know i try every episode of the podcast i try and give us like give at least one overarching thing right to carry us through an episode for mm-hmm. the for our audience to take with us and i think this one matt is the only thing i could come to is this is maybe the most inessential episode of the simpsons ever made that at least one we've watched yes. so far like even the worst episodes right even the worst the, the duis and the racism and the, and the uh, sexual assault even those those are like oh my god what have they done to Homer and Marge? What have they done to characters that we are familiar with, right? It's the Simpsons, still. It's some weird, terrible version of them, but it is still the Simpsons. This is this episode is the least the Simpsons has ever been. There's no... Yep. This is just a Cheech and Chong episode. Literally, like, there's nothing else. And I don't really care about, about that. I'm not... Unless you're like... I, I guess you're like... If you're like in your 60s or 70s, and you grew up with Cheech and Chong... Maybe you like this, but even then, like, just go listen to their albums, go watch their movies. Like, why are you watching The Simpsons? Um, and that's the other thing you take away from this is this was written by Dan Castaneda because he wanted to hang out with Cheech and Chong. He wanted to, which fair, but you could have written a better episode. <laughs> no, no, you can't, Matt. I, that's very clear. We've watched every single one he and his wife have written. They're all bad. Um, fair. So this act we begin with Kent Brockman doing an entertainment segment, you know, catching up with celebrities and, and movies and stuff like that. I'll say this intro. I'm gonna try and highlight the very few things I enjoyed about this this episode. And there might be just two. <laughs> there might not be more than two things. Because this is the one of them. This little fun intro to Kent Brockman's like entertainment segment where we get a like rapid fire like references to a lot of classic movies with Kent interspersed in them. It's fun. It lasts 30 seconds. Um, but we quickly cut to Kent delivering the, 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 the I guess, the, the big story of this segment. And the fact that Cheech and Chong are back and they are from Springfield. Springfield natives Cheech and Chong are returning in triumph for a reunion show. Cheech and Chong are coming back to Springfield? Cheech and Chong are from Springfield? Lucy and Desi are getting a divorce? Before they formed their joint partnership, Tommy Chong and Richard Cheech Marin briefly worked as Channel 6 meteorologists. Tomorrow, a high-pressure front brings a strong possibility of drizzle. Then the doobie of destiny changed their lives forever when police burned marijuana seized from the Buddy Rich Orchestra in a nearby lot. (coughs) So, you know, uh, check your barometer, thermometer, anemometer. Why does everything have to have an ometer on it? And what is rain, man? It's like we're in the apartment under God and his fat sister overflowed the tub. (laughs) (laughs) The duo's herbal ha-has led to a series of successful albums, concerts, movies, and Nash Bridges. Now these homegrown heroes will kick off their summer tour at Squidport's new amphitheater, the Clamphitheater. The $800 million boondoggle based on nothing more than a cute play on words. Who the hell are Cheech and Chong? (gasps) Bart! Cheech and Chong were the Beavis and Butthead of their day! 
Or Beavis and Butthead. Oh, I failed as a parent. I swore the day my son was born, he would appreciate stoner comedy. To the media room! It's funny, because Bart was around, became a thing right around the same time Beavis and Butthead did. Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. Did you laugh? Uh-oh, did you go. laugh at anything in this episode? Not a damn thing. Is okay. Okay. I was. I'm right there with you on the Don Johnson thing. I would have really liked that if not for everything else in this episode. I was so. This is the end of Act One. I was so. I don't want to say angry, but just so just astonished at how unfunny all this was that I. I wanted to laugh but couldn't. We're. We're going to nothing else in this episode. We're going to brush past a lot of things because and and honestly, we're not going to brush past that much. It may feel like we're brushing past things. There's just nothing going on. It's just super bland. It's super empty. And every moment is just Cheech and Chong like, oh, this is interesting, isn't it? Cheech is here. You're like, no, 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 it's not. It's very bland. It's very not funny. And I don't, I didn't like I know you're you've already alluded to like this episode making you angry. This episode doesn't make me angry. It just makes me really tired. Like, yes, it's just really tiring. It, you're just watching. You're like, wait a minute. I'm waiting, just waiting for laughs or com- or something like calm, like anything. Just something resembling The Simpsons is just not there. Um, we they listen to a Cheech and Strong album. We get bits about what record players were. Uh, we get fake comedy albums. A, a a long list of fake comedy albums from the seventies. There, none of them are funny. Uh, now. Just suddenly we are at a Cheech and Chong concert. Like, it's just, they're there. We're just suddenly the family, like, well, Homer and Marge are at this concert. They're just there. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. What, what's going on? <laughs> that was fast. Like, this whole episode moves at warp speed, and they never take a moment to set anything up. Things just happen for convenience sake. They just say they happen, and they do. They're at the concert. Krusty intros them. It's not funny. We get Cheech and Chong appear on stage Start doing the Dave bit, which I'm, it's the only Dave, it's the only Cheech and Chong bit that I know of offhand. Probably because probably same. because the Simpsons have referenced it before. <laughs> it might be the reason I know about it. Um, but they start doing the Dave bit on stage. Um, the crowd is into it and starts chanting. They you know along Homer starts to chant. The crowd chants with it. Chong. Tommy Chong is immediately going, why are we doing this? I don't want to do my, the classic bits. Why are like, how is this comedy anymore when there's no punchline? So I guess we're having some weird, like existential crisis and, and decisions about being an act between Cheech and Chong on stage. They argue Tommy Chong leaves. And then we get this clip. Homie, you know all the bits. Maybe you could help him. I can't do reefer comedy. I'm drunk. Two different animals. Homer Simpson, that man's albums have given you decades of entertainment and seen you through some very square times. Help him. Dave's not here, man. No, man. I'm Dave. D-A-V-E. Dave? That's right. Now open up the door. Dave's not here, man. (laughs) (laughs) You find this funny, sir? (laughs) Just because it's too hip for you, Smithies. 
I'll give Dave your message. I don't find this funny at all. My time being wasted was not wasted! Hey, man, you're all right. How'd you like to be the new Chong? Yes! Will I get to meet Dave? There is no Dave. How about Don Johnson? It'd be easier to meet Dave. That is the joke Matt was referencing earlier. And that is the only thing I, I literally wrote this down in the notes as we are watching it. I would have laughed at the Don Johnson gag if not for the six minutes that preceded it. If this episode was more fun, had any kind of semblance of stakes or like being like having this being the Simpsons, I would have laughed at this because it's like it's a funny thing. Like this feels like a Simpsons joke, Matt. You know what I mean? Like where it's like challenging. Oh, make it fun of a celebrity. That's the thing the Simpsons do. They make fun of celebrities. Uh, what they don't do is have celebrities on and just are a feature for them, um, which is what this episode is. Um, but in quick succession, we have Homer Marge at a Cheech and Chong show. Cheech and Chong break up on stage. Homer just goes up there. No one care. Everyone's for it. Even Cheech himself is like, yeah, you're part of the show now. Everyone and Marge wants it. Why? We don't know. None of this is we don't get wise for anything. Everything just happens in this episode because that's what the episode says happens. We go to commercial in six minutes and 48 seconds. And when we come back, uh, Homer is already on tour with Cheech. Uh, we get them uh, going going back and forth uh, where Cheech is trying to be professional. He's, he says, okay, look, this is a comedy tour. We have to work hard. We have to come up with jokes. We have to practice. And Homer just – he's just trying to be the onstage persona. He's – He's Homer, so he's too stupid to understand that, oh, this all takes a lot of work to act that stupid. I would have captured it, but nothing goes on here. It's just Homer acting like a moron, followed by Cheech being super angry at Chong and, like, scratching his name off of uh, shirts and, like, uh, cutting him out of shirts and, cut like, snapping the heads off the Chong bobbleheads. Like, he is super mad for a very minimal reason it seems like i'm i'm not sure <laughs> multiple minute like you here's the thing Matt. you could show one time where he's like crossing he's angrily crossing off chong's face from like hoodies or something they're gonna sell right then yes. you you get it okay Cheech is angry at chong okay and then you end it there and you move on to something else but instead you just watch him do this for like a minute and that's the whole, you're like, well, what's, what are we, what am I watching? Like, it, it feels like it's like a weird Cheech and Chong drama. Like, you're, like, cause there's some jokes. Like, they have Homer try and be funny, but it's very unfunny. And then you get, just get watched Cheech be genuinely angry at Chong. And like, this is, all of this is apparently like echoing their real life drama where they were a comedy duo for a long time or very successful. And then they split, went their separate ways because of personal, for these kind of this similar reasons, I guess. And this is like showing this, but that's like for a biopic. I don't need that in my Simpsons episode. <laughs> it's really weird. And it takes forever. It takes forever. Yeah, it, it's most of the episode, honestly, is like them being mad at each other and what they're doing now is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on, uh, we get we, we switch back to Chong auditioning for replacements for Cheech, uh, and he wants to expand the brand. He, he wants to do new and exciting stuff, which, OK, it's fine. You probably shouldn't be doing it with Cheech in the first place because you guys have like a, a 
a dynamic and people are probably not going to accept you. I you mean, should probably be doing this by yourself, I sh- but whatever. I should expect this from this episode, Matt, considering how bad this is at all. It's all laid out terribly and written poorly. But did they not have this conversation before they they reunited? Like, hey, are we're gonna what kind of bits are we gonna do every day? Oh, we'll do the classics. They didn't yeah. have that conversation. No, they don't talk. <laughs> okay. Yep. So uh we then get that followed up by the auditions, which are just oh god. Ralph makes a booger joke, immediately kicked off stage. Willie speaks incomprehensibly in what I'm assuming is supposed to be Scottish, but isn't even close. Uh, and then we get Gil doing, what is this bit from Robbie? It seems like a very pretty common bit, a bit like the, you must pay the rent. I can't pay the rent, blah, blah, blah. Matt, Matt I don't, eh? Matt, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what any of this is. Like you want me to talk? Like, I don't know idea. I have no, this feels like the ravings of a madman. Like the, like, it feels like John, it was just dank ass letter like on drugs when he wrote this because I don't even, but I, I can't make, I have no idea what this is. Like. Like, I literally wrote in the notes right here. What is this? Who is this for? Like, who is this entertaining? It, like, did were there people begging? Oh, I need to see Tommy Chong audition random members of Springfield for a comedy duo in 2011. Yeah. I, mm, you, you're asking me what yeah. Gil's doing? I don't know. He's he's being Gil. Like, they, I guarantee you. Does Dan Castellan Dan does what Gil's voice, doesn't he? Right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, he's just, this is him vamping. It is. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, it's about to get worse. Is it, uh, is it Harry Shearer or uh, Hank Azaria who does Skinner's voice? Shearer, Harry, Shearer, Harry right? Shearer does. Okay. Skinner, yeah. So we're about to get something just so much worse. Uh, yeah. I am your substitute teacher, sister, Mary, elephant, class, attention, attention, class, Class, shut up. Thank you. Uh, no, man. No routines from the old regime. Really? But Sister Mary's no-nonsense attitude is what inspired me to become an educator. Just let your freak flag fly, man. Well, I guess as long as I fold it afterward and don't display it at night. Oh, perhaps I should improvise or do an improv. I want you to reinvent the wheel. No, de-invent the wheel. No, re-invent the wool. Oh, I'll get my prop trunk. A lot of people have cell phones, but I like to eat healthy, so I invented the celery phone. Hello? Hello? Wow. You are the unfunniest man I've ever seen, which means teaming up with you would be totally pushing the envelope. Mother, how did you get this number? It's a prop phone. Yes, I have your celery. I took the limpest stock there was. Stop it! Stop riffing! The gig is yours! I mean, he said the correct thing is that's the unfunniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But I, I'm applying it to this entire episode, not just to Skinner's uh, stand-up. But I, Robbie, here's where something much worse happens. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah, there's other stuff. Yeah. There's a B-plot, sort of. Yeah. Is so, it worse? Is it worse, Matt? I mean, it's real stupid. That's something. I mean... So, we'll, we'll let the listeners um, be the judge. Sure. Let's Okay, so... Marge and Lisa are returning Homer's rented videos to the <laughs> to the rubble that used to be a blockbuster. <laughs> Robbie, this is the dumbest thing in the episode. I just it's only funny because it's it, not funny. This is what this is what I think they were gonna have uh, Tommy Chong going for. He wants something that's so funny because it's not funny, and this this is it right here. I mean, just, it, it, if. 
the whole Matt, see that's the thing like if i thought this whole episode was an effort to be like this avant-garde unfunny weirdness which is clearly what tommy chong wants to go for right he wants to have a sub bit that is like anti-humor that is you know andy kaufman kind of thing you know where it's like just doing a strange thing and playing with the audience if that whole episode was that was that i would i would be way more into it but it's clearly not it 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 wants to be some sort of structured sitcom like the simpsons but there is no like and then again i've said this i this is something there's some poor dead horse that i've beaten many times this is not no one on this in this episode acts i guess cheech and chong are the only people that act even semi close to like like they're real right like they're real like this is real because if you had videotapes from a blockbuster that was defunct, you wouldn't go throw it at its hole, <laughs> I guess, or a crater where the blockbuster used to be. Yeah. So that is like it's a purposeful like, oh, we're it's just a joke, right? It's a it's a quote unquote joke. But there's no the reality is so broken, you're like, what when you I, I'm just confused. I don't laugh. I just go, What what do you, what do you mean they're throwing it? Why is the blockbuster? Bur- I don't. Okay, whatever. You're just. It, it doesn't matter. Just lost. It doesn't matter. You're just lost. Yeah, yeah. So, Marge and Lisa, after completing this errand, walked by the crazy cat lady's house. Uh, well, and Santa's little helper chases a cat into the crazy cat lady's house. So, Marge and Homer, or Marge and uh, Lisa, follow Santa's little helper into the house. Uh, at first, the crazy cat lady. Uh, what's her name? Eleanor or something? Is that her name? I was literally just what? about to make a point, Matt, where I didn't, I don't know if we got a name for her yet. And like, this would be the episode where you would do it. So if she, if she hasn't, I don't know her name off the top of my head, if they ever have named her and they certainly don't name her in this episode, unless I, I mean, it's possible that I entered a fugue state and just kind of gl- my eyes glazed over. That's certainly possible. I didn't catch it if they did name her in this episode. Yeah. So they go into the crazy cat lady's house. Uh, she, speaks gibberish at them, but goes to get Santa's little helper. Uh, and as uh, Marge and Lisa are walking through the house, they think, oh, she's a hoarder. She's got all kinds of stuff all over the place. And they decide that they want to help. Crazy Cat Lady brings back Santa's little helper, so they are successful in their errand. And that's where we leave it for now. And uh, we go back to Cheech and Chunk, as the new show is called going back and forth as just the stupidest crap ever. It's just Dan Castle and a riffing on Cheech and Chong bits, and it, it just goes on forever. Cheech and Chong have lost its Chong. I am the Chong now. Take a little look. Take a little look. Take a little look at me. <laughs> That's funny, Homer. Now we really have to work on the show. Oh, yeah, I get you. Work on the show. Maybe we should start at 420, right? <laughs> Marijuana reference. Yeah, I got it. Listen, man, comedy is hard work. Hard work? I thought this was going to be fun. It is fun. The fun is the knowledge that our audience gets a good value for their hard-earned dollar. Teachers sure a lot less cool than I imagined. Stop that. Better shut up. Cheech is really mad. I wish that I had gone with Chung. 
So, yes, this is where we finished Act 2 uh, with uh, Homer being upset with his choice, but being somewhat resigned to it. He's not happy that there's actual work involved because Homer doesn't understand how jobs work. And we go to a commercial. I can't emphasize enough, Matt. This scene is endless. It goes on forever. Like, and there's more after this, I'm pretty sure, but I, I just can't anymore. Because this is, this is all the, the time that Cheech and Homer spend together is Homer being a goofball, Cheech being a taskmaster, and that's supposed to be funny. Like there's, but there's no, again, is the, is it, what, what is, what's happened? What's the plot? What's the plot? Like, what is the story here? Is it like, are we going to, because it's, there's no conflict. It's just Homer going like, okay. He doesn't push back. He doesn't try and change Cheech. Chong is just doing his own thing with Skinner. Like, they're just, things are happening. Okay. We come back from commercial 11 minutes and 58 seconds. They have taken the crazy cat lady out to watch Cats the Musical. And in the meanwhile, Marge and a bunch of random Springfieldians are cleaning out her house. And did they get her you can't just do that it doesn't work like that i don't you can't just go to people's houses and take all their stuff it yep okay um so they do that they clean up her entire house they take out all this weird junk um because she's a hoarder get it matt you get it she's a crazy lady and she's a hoarder um and it's just the most broadest you I'm not saying you can't make an episode of The Simpsons about someone who's a hoarder and like make it emotional and and, and touching and and have because as far as I know, people hoard generally because of some sort of you know trauma, some sort of something they haven't processed, and they try and collect as many things as possible because it makes them feel safe because it brings them comfort, right? Because of this other thing that largely is, I mean, I'm sure there's many exceptions, but that's my understanding. And that seems like perfect. I mean, that's why those shows exist, right? Those reality shows, the hoarding shows, it's because there's always the person that's hoarding always has something that they're trying to process or something. And that is an emotional story that you can, you know, point a camera at. There's nothing here. They just clean our house. And now crazy, crazy cat lady is just better. Um, she talks like, you know, normal now, I guess. I don't know. She, her, she's not crazy anymore, Matt. That's all that, that's all it took. That's all I took was getting rid of all of her stuff. Um, so Marge and her have a little chat, and then we Marge uh, catches the hoarding curse. Thank you, Marge. Thank you for clearing the clutter from my house and my mind. Pull away, driver man. Wait, 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 wait. A perfectly good hot lather dispenser. I can't count the number of times Homie's cried in anguish over his lukewarm lather. Oh, a pen from the Milwaukee Hilton. A phone answering machine from the 80s. Nobody's home. All of J.D. Salinger's books except Catcher in the Rye. Used pizza protectors. <laughs> She's crazy, but I'd do her. What? <laughs> There's two of these. There's two of these in this episode. You got this guy, and then you got the Mo bit later. I just... 
Mobit was earlier, I want to say, Matt. That's when the hoarders... That's when they were going through uh, our house. When Oh, yeah, that's right. That, it, that was earlier because... Uh, that was an act Arches two. About, oh, it's like a reality TV show with no cameras. Yeah. And then they, they show <sighs> Mo being creep. Um, and now they have this guy being creep. And there's no reason for it. It's just here. Um, probably because they think being a creep is funny. That'd be my guess. So Marge now wants all this stuff. This all takes forever. It is nonsense, right? Like, oh, now my mind is clear because I don't have things in my house. And you go, oh, that's not like that's not even pop psychology. <laughs> that's just me. You're just making this up. Um, and it's not a grounding for what is ostensibly the B plot. Usually, you know, a B plot is if you're going to have like a touching B plot to offset like a goofy A plot, it still has to make sense. We go to back to Cheech and Chunk. Cheech and Chunk, Matt. They're 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 on tour and everyone loves it. Uh Homer's doing a great job apparently. Okay. Like there's moments in this where sure. I think I, there's moments in this where I go like you could spin this into like a hullabalooza type of thing, right? Where it's actually You could, yes. Where you could turn it into that, right? If you actually tried. It doesn't. And then we get and like we have Homer doing a great job, his promised a reward, and then we get a dream sequence, a seventies dreams, a seventies like drug trip dream sequence, where Homer is on the on like it looks like Fritz the Cat a little bit. Uh, it, it's that kind of thing, and it, comics with a C O M I X kind of animation and look. Um, I don't know what this is. <laughs> It goes on for two minutes. It's forever. I guess it looks interesting enough, but I at this point I am checked out. I there I am. Well, yeah, because it goes on for a really long time. It's super boring unless you're really into that those kind of visuals, and like nothing is happening. It doesn't advance the plot in any way. There's nothing. It's not funny. It's just like oh, here's bright colors for a couple of minutes. Like, okay, okay. Homer comes out of this trip. This dream sequence eventually he's just daydreaming eventually, and he, what his reward is is a museum tour with Cheech, and I guess the, that's the joke that Cheech is going to take him on a museum tour and, instead of like doing drugs with him. Yeah, because it's like, oh look, Cheech is a, a sophisticated person who you know wants to show Homer uh, the reality of the Latino experience rather than just do drugs with him. Oh, that's so funny. Oh man, cause I, it's not what Homer was expecting. Who's who is this? What's this? What is this? I don't know. Okay, so here's the here's the answer, Matt. See, I thought about it, and I know the answer to this question. Who's this for? Dan Castellaneta. That's who this is for. Yeah, that's who this is for. I this guess. is this episode. Like there are millions of people watched this episode when it came out. It's for one person. It's for one man. It's for Dan Castellaneta. And I here's the thing, Matt. I don't want to not like Dan Castellaneta. All right, he voiced one of my favorite characters in all of fiction. He gave him life. Homer Simpson does not exist without Dan Castellaneta. So what I w this is what, how I uh, process this. And I think that's why I'm doing slightly better now after I thought about it is this is a trade off. Okay. We've gotten, you know, how there's hundreds of great episodes of the Simpsons that we love. And Dan Castellaneta is a large part of that. This is the trade. If you ask me, there's going to be one episode that's just a Cheech, that's just a Cheech and Chong fan film written by Dan Castellaneta. Would you take? Would you let him do that in exchange for a lot of great episodes of The Simpsons featuring him? 
Yes. I mean, I guess it is, but I really don't like okay, this episode. This, I mean, I'm just saying, this is what... Okay, you have to wipe out every great Homer episode and wipe this one out, too. Do you do it? No, but... No, there you go. There's your answer, and that's how I'm processing that. And I, I, I anyone who's actually watched this episode, that's how I suggest you get you get through it. Um, Homer's Reward is a museum tour. Then we get the end of this act. It's a bunch of stuff all going on. I just pulled it all. It's a long clip, but you completely understand this episode in that you don't understand anything. Ladies and gentlemen, man, prepare for comedy that will murder your expectations and bury them in a sea of what? With waves of hum. I am Dave. Dave is here. Man. Skinner! This dessert menu is funnier than you. Yeah. Yes, but I'm funnier than the cocktail napkins. They're blank, Seymour. Yes, but there are two K sounds in cocktail. Yes, there are. <laughs> so, how was your first day of school? I met the new principal, Mr. Baumgartner. He seemed really cool. When he walked through the gym, he shot a basket. Woo! <gasps> Disturbed my tomb. Grandpa, you're not dead. Well, wake me when I am. I never thought I'd say this, but Dad is the only one who can help us. Now, Homer, what do we agree about personal phone calls during rehearsal time? <sighs> it's disrespectful to the high standards people have come to expect from Cheech and Chunk. That's right. Now let's take it from the part where we sniff each other's butts. Yes, sir. Come on, sniff! That's a movie sniff! This is live theater! Now inhale, damn it! I'm hearing it, but I'm not feeling it. Uh. Ha ha. Ha ha. And... Ha ha. When I was... I had a thought, brief thought, man, where I'm like, oh, is this the, like, we're going to get to, they need Homer's help, and, but he doesn't want to leave Cheech. Or he has to extricate himself from Cheech, right? He has to sp- get back to Marge to help. Conflict. Oh, Robbie, you sweet summer child. There's no conflict. We go to our final commercial at 17 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, do I have to? Well, we're almost done, thankfully Matt. This whole Come thing push through. Come just on. Just a big clip. Um... So, yeah, uh, Homer is back at the house uh, now, despite the fact that Lisa couldn't get in contact with him, whatever. Uh, but he brings the crazy cat lady with him uh, she's, to talk she's to Marge. She's perfectly about normal now. She's, like, she's a normal person. She's well-dressed. She's talking normally. She's not. Uh, there's no outbursts, nothing. She's normal again. Normal lady, not crazy cat lady. Normal lady. We don't know her name still. They haven't named her, at least not in this episode. Nope. Because it's not important. Uh, what is important <laughs> is, is as soon as she sees all of the stuff that Marge took from her house, she regresses to being a hoarder again. And I don't know why. Because that's not how it works, I guess. They, this is some kind of triggering thing for her. If she sees a giant stack of stuff, she has to have it. But if she, she, she sees things out in the world, it doesn't trigger her hoarding instincts. We don't know. Because at this point, her taking possession of the hoard cures marge i guess and homer 
sneaks Marge out of the house into the waiting Cheech and Chunk or Cheech and Chunk bus as the crazy cat lady calls all of her old cats back to the Simpsons house. I I described it as she goes cartoon crazy again. Yes. That's that, exactly right. That's cuz this is not, you know, it's not a genuine portrayal of, you know, obsession or neurosis or mental health problem. It is mm-hmm. just cartoonish craziness. And this is the thing where it's like, "Oh, they just think this is funny." They think hoarding's a joke. And you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Simpsons. Love it. Beautiful. Yep. So, oh, they do that. Um, they leave. Now, for some reason, Tommy Chong is back in Springfield. We, we don't know why. Uh, but Homer is able to grab him and bring him to the show that Homer is supposed to be in. She's just in the middle of a bit. And this is expecting the Homer to come out any moment as, I guess, a hot girl that Cheech is picking up in a car, which just, uh, moving past it, moving past it. Uh, but in this clip, Homer convinces Chong to uh, make up with Cheech for no real reason, really. Uh, and then we get the worst stinger, perhaps, ever. Hey, baby, want to ride? Come on. If Art Garfunkel could forgive that untalented twerp Paul Simon, you can do this. What'd you do with Chunk, man? He sent me out here, man. He's got this idea I'm unhappy with my new partner. I decided to put family over career. You mean you put nothing over nothing. Tell him how you feel. I feel super high. Yeah, me too. Come on, surrender to the moment. Don't make the mistake I always do of thinking too much before you act. I guess people do like the classic bits. You know, it's it's okay if you want to experiment a little. Like, oh, Thomas. Oh, Richard. I'm sorry I mocked your lack of suspenders. I, I guess I was just jealous of your belt. This belt has caused too many fights between us. Now, now, mad spirits, before we part, tis I, mischievous and puckish Bart. Twas not I the players did disturb, twas the doings of a green and naughty herb. The gods have righted every wrong. Cheech the stoner has his chong. And Homer, he is back with mom. You can watch us tomorrow at Hulu.com. And that is how we end the episode. I just... They use emotional music sting for Cheech and Chong getting back together. Like it is Mm -hmm. Lisa. Like like it is a Simpsons family member. And you're like, I don't care about Cheech and Chong. (laughs) I, why do you think I care? Who who are you? What is this? Who is this for? Dan Castaneda, that's the answer. This is not the worst yes. stinger. This is not the worst stinger, Matt. We just had Ricky Gervais give us I mean do like okay, a three fair. minute that's monologue fair. about random whatever. Bart is puck is pretty now. I would uh, this frankly, Bart is puck is like the most interesting thing in this episode. Like, it makes me want to, like, oh, that'd be cool if they did some more Shakespeare stuff, because that's better than this. It can't be worse. There's, this I is, mean, this yeah. is This is a completely inessential episode of The Simpsons. It barely exists. 
it feels, again, a Cheech and Chong fan film written by Dan Castellaneta. That is what happens. The few minutes of this episode that are not that are trivializing hoarding and make it seem like some terrible curse that you pass back and forth by holding items. Mostly it's just stacks of like paper, guys. Like It's just clothing and paper. Like it's newspapers and books yeah. and there's not, you don't collect interesting, like sometimes I guess there's some, some collections going on, but it's not like interesting things. Like she has pinball parts, Matt. Pinball parts? How does a crazy cat lady have p- hundreds of pinball parts? Like they don't care. They just went, oh, what's a funny thing? That's not funny. Uh, we're rank this episode in the, the show. I don't know what, how it's like, how do you rank this? I don't know. We'll figure it out then. That's I ten minutes. That's fifteen minutes from now. Problem. Robbie's problem. Not my problem now. Hey, Matt. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Here is what I'm going to say about this, Matt. Of course, it's broken. Of course. Like, what else is it? There's nothing. It's only broken. There's nothing in it that isn't. Not like the problem is. I'm not doing. I'm not doing this. No, I'm not fixing this. No, you go to hell. You go to hell, Simpsons. <laughs> I'm not fixing this. I'm not doing your work. Like what? 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 what like it's right rewriting an episode. Like what? Do you want me to write? What is what is this episode? You want me to write an episode where Homer becomes half a Cheech and Chong? Is that what I'm doing? Is that what we're doing? I guess, but I don't want to do that. No, I don't either. And I certainly don't want to write a hoarding episode with Crazy Cat Lady. Like, you want to start with something? Give her a name. <laughs> like, it's not, again, it's not complicated. They don't care. They do not care. This is absolutely Dan Castaneda going like, oh, I want to meet Cheek and Strong. I know how to do it. Okay, cool. Not fixing it. Do your own work. Do your own dirty work. <laughs> uh, exactly. You do the, You do at least a tiny bit of work, and we can take over, but we're not going to start with this. this. It's nothing. There's nothing. It's just us writing a whole episode, effectively. Like, I'm, there's nothing here. This is a nuke, nuke, the, nuke the planet. Glass, glass, the, glass the planet. Nuke it from orbit, et cetera. Blech. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the news group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash the Simpsons show to leave their thoughts. And I'll read it on air first from Tim. This wasn't the worst episode ever. Just merely terrible. Let's count the ways. One, drag up a couple of guest stars that obviously appealed to the writers when they were kids. Conveniently have them be from Springfield. Two, have Chong's new partner be Skinner, because we all know Seymour is the designated go-to person when they can't find a guest to perform the random local role. Number three, have a relatively interesting idea for B-plot, but not give it any air to breathe. Four, just to make sure of number three, have yet another creepy Mo appearance. It's going to be interesting to see how Matt and Robbie rank this. Certainly, I would think this is preferable to the likes of Flaming Mo, but worse than Homer the Father and a Scorpion's Tale. Splitting the difference will put it about, no, let's add one to that, 421. That is pretty funny. Not canon. I didn't, he didn't say that. I said it. 421, not canon. Maybe just have a fully developed Marge the Hoarder episode instead. We can put this at 420, Matt. That would be the, we'll make a, a, a weed joke. <laughs> oh, my God. For now, it'll be 420. I'm sure something else will be worse. Well, well I know. That's the thing that's going to change. Uh, next from Derek. Why did I remember this one as being fine? Apparently, I, it was your brain trying to protect you, Derek. 
That's what happens. Your mind tries to save you from things. Apparently, I watched it just a year ago when filling in unseen episodes on Disney Plus. This is a this is poor stuff. Someone completely unfamiliar with Cheech and Chong, as I'm sure was the case for a large portion of the audience in 2011, found this completely inaccessible. I have absolutely no idea what was going on for large portions of the episode because The Simpsons doesn't know how to do parody anymore. The entire episode is just references to Cheech and Chong bits. Combine that with the Homer of season 10, 11, 12, where he'd just tag along with Mel Gibson, become a trucker, etc., while Marge smiles passively, tells her husband she's proud of him. South Park had Cheech and Chong on way back in season four, and they were great. Here, not so much. South Park also had an episode in season five with Terrence and Philip breaking up and the boys trying to reunite. It was made a decade ago and was infinitely better. It's clear the writers are big Cheech and Chong and made the, big Cheech and Chong fans and made this just to fawn all over them, so they had fun making it. Well, it's forgetting the audience would like to have some too. Also, the B plots reached a new low this week, the most underbaked, insipid one yet. Crazy Cat Lady should have stayed in season nine. Marge becomes a hoarder instantly just because Lisa sees a lot of stuff in the room and declares the only solution is season twenty-two Homer. Awful. Lastly, annoying Skinner, but no... Ch- oh, there he is. Chalmers shouting insults at Skinner in a crowded auditorium. Like, who is this nut job? Just shut the hell up. I'm sick of him. From Dara. I've never wanted a longer couch gig in my life. Cut the Marge plot. Give me more Teach and Chong. I don't know. Don't ask. Monkey Paul Curls, Dara. Don't be careful with that. 14th best episode of season 22. As Chong said, I guess people like the classic bits. Gonna go binge season 6 to get the memory of this episode out of my brain. Oh... I wish, wish I had the time just just watch old Simpsons seasons. Um, from JJ, maybe I'm not the fit to judge this episode as I know very little about Cheech and Chong, but I will say the Simpsons used to be able to make episodes entertaining, even if you were unfamiliar with the material they're referencing. You don't need extensive knowledge of the X-Files to enjoy the Springfield Files, but A Midsummer's Nice Dream feels like it was made for Cheech and Chong fans by Cheech and Chong fans, so it wasn't for me. Admit to, admit to having a weakness for the crazy cat lady. I think in small doses, she's hilarious. Trust me, Neil does an amazing job with his screams. If you take a moment to think about it, she's a very tragic character. This poor woman has severe mental health problems, so I'm not against a story where they seriously address this. Marge tries to help her. Sadly, they don't do that. It's relegated to the B-plot, so it has no time to develop organically. Marge inexplicably becomes a hoarder herself for no reason. In a really depressing ending, the family allows Crazy Cat Lady to relapse, as if hoarding is a curse you can pass back and forth. Things return to the status quo. Awful. Also, I'm so sick of Skinner constantly being insulted by Chalmers and Agnes. It's the same joke over and over, and it stopped being funny forever ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really, like, all it takes is, like, make Crazy Cat Lady, like, give her a name in this episode... Make her not the crazy cat lady anymore. Now she's a normal lady. And now you give her character. And now you have more story you can tell because you have a new character that can be a center of them occasionally. They can't do that. Finally, from Ripley. I don't remember this episode being terrible, but I've been getting constant ads for Cheech and Chong gummies lately. So those knock so knock this episode down pretty low for me. Uh worst episode ever. <laughs> I don't, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far, but it is pretty oppressive on Instagram. I am constantly. It's not. I don't. I don't look up CBD stuff ever. I don't know why I'm getting bombarded with Cheech and Chong gummies. I'm not gonna buy them. I don't. I don't. No interest. And if I did, I would not buy them from Cheech and Chong. Like what? Okay. Fine. <laughs> Fine, Matt. We're gonna move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite drug movie? Take of that what you will. Uh, Lots of good answers. Matt, take it away. 
All right. First up from Tim. I'll cheat and go with the television show. The Wire went into exquisite detail with respect to the drug trade and its impact on disadvantaged inner cities. Way to start on a downer, Tim, but you're absolutely correct about that. <laughs> uh, from Dara. Goodfellas. The Mafia is my true crime obsession, and this is my favorite movie of the genre. Not to romanticize crime, but seeing Henry Hill rise as an associate of the Cicero family and his downfall due to getting involved in the drug trade and his own addiction just hits all my heartstrings. And if that doesn't count as a drug movie, it does, Dara. I'll see you with, like, Tim and say weeds. At least the first four and a half seasons. Ooh, four and a half, huh? Mm, okay. <laughs> Uh, I figured after season three, it kind of went real downhill, but that's just my opinion uh, from Matt. Going with the show as well. This is most likely recency bias, but the show's painkiller and dope sick have captivated me. I was too young to understand what Oxycontin was when I was 10 years old, and I did not realize the stronghold it had on this country. I do not recommend watching both shows back to back because they leave you asking the question, why? Plan on being slightly despondent while watching these shows, and they offer entertaining aspects. Well, it's not despondent if you're ready for it, right? Yeah. All right, uh, from Derek, uh, calling this a drug film basically spoils everything, but Jacob's Ladder came out in 1990 before I was born, and I've seen it, so you should have got a bloody move on by now. Anyways, this film is great, atmospheric, disturbing imagery, mind effery to keep my adjectives clean for this humble Christian podcast. Also, the imagery and feelings of doubt greatly influenced my favorite game series of all time, Silent Hill, so I have to love it for that. Jacob's Ladder is Next good. Up from- you should see Jacob's Ladder. I hesitate to call it a drug movie, but it is good. I don't even know what it's about. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I think it's, it is a good thing not to spoil. Just go in blind. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Next up from Everett, Cocaine Bear, kind of the only drug movies I've watched. And maybe my humor is immature, but I remember laughing so hard at that movie. I don't know that I laughed that hard at it, but it was surprisingly good and interesting. Robbie, have you seen Cocaine Bear? I have not seen Cocaine Bear. I heard it was not that good. And I also... I barely have the willpower and energy to go see good movies at the theater. So, <laughs> no, not the theater. How silly. It was on streaming like two weeks after it came out. Okay, okay, Matt. I mean, I'll, I'm sure eventually I'll watch Cookie Bear. I've not watched it yet. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up from Andy. On the serious side, it's Blow with Johnny Depp. And on the stoner side, it's Dazed and Confused. That is a good duality to have. Thank you, Andy. Uh, from Bradley. Hmm, I was thinking about continuing my incredibly dark theme going with films such as Sid and Nancy. However, I'm not going that dark, but The Wire is an amazing show. Enough said. Uh, from Ripley, I'm going to go with an unconventional answer and say Good Burger. It's the greatest 80s stoner comedy of the 90s that happens to not have drugs in it. You should go watch it after you are finished listening to this fine Simpsons podcast. That's true. If you guys have not uh, seen Good Burger recently, they're thinking about making a sequel. So now's a good time to start. Ripley with a face turn. That's right. So after you listen to the podcast. Uh huh. Uh, next up from Gonzo the Great ninety three. Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. You don't want no part of this uh, s since we can't swear on here. I mean, we can. Uh, I'll just have Mitch to bleep you, and that's annoying. <laughs> I know. I try. I, I try to only annoy Robbie's uh, life when it's extremely important. Uh, from Mitch one hundred, it was a toss up between drugstore cowboy and train spotting for me. I've chosen drugstore cowboy because because for some reason train spotting had the opposite effect on me than every other human being who watched the darn thing. At least drugstore made me want to avoid things. Can't say the same thing for train spotting, which is concerned to say the least. Well, yeah. How do you watch I... train spotting and go, man? I want to do some heroin. Right. I, I've never seen any movie that has said, you know what? I want to do some heroin. Like, no, that's one drug that is no matter whatever you see somebody doing heroin. You're like, I do not want to do that. I mean, but it's you can make a lot of drugs look fun. Heroin is not one of them. Don't you want to just feel euphoria and then completely rewire your brain chemistry and break you as a human for the rest of your life? 
I'm good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. My body doesn't respond well to drugs in any case, so we can at least avoid that. Uh, next up from Specialist Resolve 42, my favorite drug-based movie is Cocaine Bear. Uh, next from Q, uh, Kesosaurus 666, fantastic name. A Clockwork Orange, along with being a stylistic masterpiece, I think this could be considered a drug movie because of the crucial role psychopharmacology plays throughout the story. Whether it's the droogs consuming drugged milk before committing crimes or the doctors injecting Alex with sickness-inducing drugs as part of the Ludovico technique, a drug use in this movie is linked to violence and questionable ethics regardless of cultural status. As an honorable mention, I want to include the Omega Man with the drug central to the plot being the antidote to a monstrous global plague. Also, the action sequences are just the greatest. Early 1970s movies are where it's at. Early 1970s movies are where something's at, and I do think drugs are involved in a lot of them. You're not going to win Matt over on this. I'm very sorry. Matt, uh, Matt, has, the patience, <laughs> Matt has the patience of a, a like a, a butterfly. Like he just if, Oh, this flower doesn't have anything. I have anything. the patience of a coked-up chihuahua. <laughs> but some 70s movies I've really enjoyed. It's very oh, strange. some. Some? Yeah, I mean, I've watched all the Godfather. Well, I've I watched Godfather 1 and 2. I didn't make it all the way through 3. But I, mean, like, I enjoy those. And there are lo- especially in 2, there are lots of scenes where like nothing is going on for Godfather, a long time. Godfather 3 came on in, in 1990, didn't it, Matt? Like, I don't think. I believe so, yes. Okay, all right. It's not a well, that, that one doesn't count. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up from Decaf Disco, uh, Dread 2012. Great character development with a simple and action-packed plot. The psychedelic slow-mo drug scenes were quite hypnotic. You look ready. It's a quote I'm assuming from the movie. You haven't, Matt? And finally, Matt, 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 wait, 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 wait. You haven't seen Dread? I have not seen Dread 2012, no. I've seen this special alone, but I haven't seen Dread. I know, what? I know, it's good. What? It's on my list. It's not good. Dread is great. Dread 2012 is great. It is a great action movie. From the man who loves Die Hard, you haven't seen Dread. I can't believe it. I know, I know. Like I said, it's, it's on my short list. All right. Uh, from finally from Jacob's End six four one. I'm going with the movie Blow. It was a great movie and served as one of my main source for a paper in U.S. history until the 1980s in college. Uh, the professor even commented that he thought my movie as a source was a great choice. Robbie, what is your choice? I'm gonna cheat. <laughs> <gasps> you monster! It's my show. I'm gonna. I can do as much as I want. I'm gonna do a movie and a show. One is funny and one is serious. Uh, uh, Dude, where's my car? Is my uh, movie. Uh, it is no one meant no one used it as an answer. All right. And I do, I think it's underappreciated. I think Dude, Where's My Car is an underappreciated film. It's a very it's a like. Why, why do you do this to me, Robbie? Why do you did you pick? Oh, good. I love it. That's even better, Matt. <laughs> um, but I, it's like it is again like Good Burger. It's like a stoner movie that features no ostensibly no drugs, uh, even though it's obviously a stoner movie. Like, come on. Um, but my serious answer is The Wire. It's a TV show as well, but The Wire is incredible, and it's not only about drugs, but it is a large part about drugs, but it's endlessly quotable, it's incredibly made, um, and it's always, I don't know if it'll ever not be, it's about America. That is another thing that I love, like, there are certain certain pieces of fiction that are just about America, about the U.S., and The Wire is one of them. It is from beginning to end. It does it well. Um, Matt, what is your answer? I think I know. I mean, I, I don't have a, a serious drug thing because serious drug things make me sad and I'm sad <laughs> enough on my own. Uh, dude, where my car, dude, where my car is definitely my pick because it's just, it's just weird enough to be funny and interesting. But despite that, it's all despite the fact that two main characters are the dumbest people on earth. Like for somehow the plot does not revolve around them 
being so stupid. It just it revels in their stupidness, and that just makes me happy to watch it. It's it's just it has no right to be as funny as it is. Uh, it's the same with Good Burger, honestly. Like, there's no reason these movies should work, but they do make me happy in the stupidest way possible. And there's, I think there's, for as long as do where's my car, there's a lot, of, there is nostalgia on my part. Like, it is absolutely, that's absolutely a part of it, is nostalgia. Like, I watched it when I was a high schooler, and I was like, oh, this is so stupid, but it makes me laugh and cheers me up. So, um, I, if you have never given it a shot, it's worth a shot. I think that's the other thing. I feel like, I don't know, let me do that on Cult Video Vault. Might do that. See if it, I'm gonna ask if that counts. I have to run it by Greg. See if he agrees with me. Uh, next week's question. We'll go back to this is a Simpsons question. What joke supporting character? You know, your crazy cat ladies, right? Your 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 Luigi's, your Bumblebee man's. Which joke supporting character should be fleshed out? Should become a real character? You know, get a name, get some backstory, get some 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 drama, some gravitas. Who should it be? I think we asked this question before long ago, or maybe not too long ago, but I'm asking it again. Post this on our Patreon. So patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. Post it publicly there. Post it on our subreddit, our The Simpsons Show. I have a link to that in the show notes. And finally, you can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. If you, everyone has an email, you can just email us. I'll get the answer. That's it. Easy as, easy as pie. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a 10-point lead on Matt so far. This season, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. What, Matt? Nothing. Nothing at all. Robbie just really wants that belt. I was looking at it. I was looking at prices for custom belts, man, and <laughs> <laughs> I do want one very bad. I don't know if I can justify the cost. <laughs> for I mean, for this, it's, it's a lot. I know that much. It's uh, even for a you know the mid quality ones. It's it's, it's a spicy meatball, <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I want it. Mm, do we? Mm, I mean, if we, you know. You put it on a credit card. <laughs> you may, may, it's future Robbie's problem. Um, uh, uh, you ready for an easy question, Matt? I am ready. In the front, Lisa and Bart put whose name as the writer of Little Barbershop of Horror? Uh, Abe Simpson. That is correct. All right, Robbie. All of your questions are from Homar. Man. What? I guessed wrong. Oh, no. Did you, did you guess I was going to do the... Uh... This, the weed episode where Homer got the uh, thing? Yeah, prescription marijuana, yeah. Yeah, I, I almost did, and I'm like, no, that, that's too predictable. <sighs> I I was like, I'm going to study one episode and make just a guess, and maybe I'll be right. <laughs> but this week, I struck out. I do like Homer, though. Yeah, it's a good episode. I think we've seen it a lot, so it seems like a good choice. All right, your medium question. Or sorry, your easy question. Uh, what color of crayon was stuck in Homer's brain in Homer? What? That's an easy question? The color? That's easy, yeah. You're crazy! It's said several times, and you can see it on screen. It's said several times. How long was the last time you... We, I mean, I guess we did watch... Did we Did we watch Homer for uh, the bonus episode? Did we choose Homer? 
or we chose something else. I forget. Um, you hear you hear this, people? You hear? I want you to just judge Matt, okay? Silently. Matt is behind. I mean, one this of is, us is ten points ahead of the other. You and see, this is see Matt uses, Matt's using his his deficit to commit war crimes. That is what he. This is what war the, crimes. This this atrocity he's inflicting on me. What color the like? If that was a medium question, Matt, I wouldn't blink an eye. But you're like, good easy question. What color? I mean, I know the colors of crayons. I can guess a color because uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm guessing a color of crayon. Um, I'm gonna guess it's a like it's red, blue, green, or yellow. Those are my. It's gonna be one of those. I will. I will. This is easy question. I will tell you. It is not just one of those. There is a modifier added to the primary color. And this is an easy question. I have to remember the crayon modifier color. This is what we're doing. How hard is your medium yes, question? Yes, my lord, Matt. Killing me. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to make up my deficit by just asking three hard questions. Um, I cannot a modifier. And I have to remember that. My question was, who did Lisa and Bart use as the writer for Little Barbershop of Horror? And your easy question is, what weird color did Homer pull from his nose? Um, sunshine yellow. I don't know. Uh, it is powder blue. Powder blue? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I want you all. Okay, I, if you're listening to this, all right, <laughs> send me your messages to Matt. I want to know. Weigh in on this. Is this an easy question? Okay, I want input. Let me know. You're eating. I mean, I didn't have to think about it, yeah. Matt. I I cannot emphasize enough that you are not a normal man. Okay, I cannot uh-huh. emphasize this hard enough. You need—I don't know how you have not processed this by now. You, you at, at your age, you shouldn't understand that every every. There's not a single moment in the day where you are a normal person, and I largely—that is largely a compliment. But <laughs> in, in this instance, you knowing it immediately does you do. You, do I need to bring up Sergeant Fatso Judson? Do I need to bring that up? That was a an Do outlier. I, uh, no, the other it was two, not an outlier. My other two that, questions I had to think about really hard. Your medium question: What is the name of the class clown from Homer's high school graduating class? Oh, um, that is. If you get this, I'm going to scream. Oh. I will scream out loud. <laughs> I and you are going. Oh, oh, no, I don't, no I just it's something knew, else. I knew it right away, Robbie. It's so easy. That's what you sound yeah. like. Man. You sound like that. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but I'm going to say it's Bobby Sherman. Thank, thank our ever-loving God. <laughs> Dang it! It is, I mean, it's Bobby. It's Bobby Mindich. Oh, yeah, I, I, that name just, I, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Fair enough. All right, your medium question. What is the name of the perfume that Homer tests when he becomes a testing dummy? <laughs> Oh, I'm not getting any points. Is this how we're doing it, Matt? You're just going to get me zero points for for seven weeks, and that's the I'm way sorry. you're going to make I up the ground. I thought the easy question was pretty easy. I I thought. I mean, I like I said, the, the easy you, and medium okay, questions gonna, I knew immediately did, off the top of my did head. Did you did you did you run this by your wife? Is that the, I'm going to? Did you do that? Did you? I did uh, not. No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. You should do that because she's more close to normal, and she'd go, "What are you doing, to Robbie? Matt, why are you so mean?" You're such a mean man. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so this is a obviously a parody perfume name from the early 2000s. Euphoria. I'm sorry, it's Desert Breeze because it burns. That is not a good joke. Nope. Okay. It's like, who's going to buy a, 
uh, or they say that when they turn on home, it goes, oh, it burns, it burns. It's like, hmm, we'll call it Desert Breeze. Like, that's not funny. It's not, Whatever. I mean, it's, I mean, it's something, Matt, but it's just not, it feels like it's a little undercooked. All right, your hard question. Uh, as is listed in the credits of Little Barber Shop of Horrors, Scratchy's oh, wardrobe Jesus. is provided by who? Uh, Giorgio Armani. I have no clue. This is a reference I don't understand, but it is what it says. It says Botany 500. What? Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Okay, fair enough. All right, your hard question. Uh, what ingredient is added to Laramie cigarettes that makes them so addictive? I forgot this was even in this episode. <laughs> this is a real thing? No, I don't think this is a real thing. Uh, but there is a Laramie commercial in an itchy and scratchy cartoon in the beginning of the episode, and... But I mean, like, is uh, a real ingredient or is it like a made up? No, it's not a real ingredient. Okay. I don't think this is real. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I'm like, they didn't actually list. It's not like some, 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 like, it's not like it's a best as best as or something. Um, no. Which is like, that's a, not a bad gag. Uh, but uh, is it, oh, it's like some, I want to say it's some like fake name for like something that makes your, makes you healthy. Um, Cause I remember them and they're all like, you know, they're all these um, fake ads and they're portraying cigarettes as a, a like a healthy thing you do. Um, I think I might be thinking of a different Simpsons episode. Um, it is bre- breathonium. Mm? I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry, Robbie. It is nicoglycerol. Nicoglycerol. Lovely. Everyone loves some nicoglycerol in their lives. Um, so, uh, Matt, I hope you're happy with your blood money this week. You ring uh-huh, out one point of you, blood money. You ring out a point of vantage over me. I mean, I understand. I get it. You know, after, let's see, four weeks in a row of me getting gaining on you, I, you know, and you're not used to it. You know, I'm, you know, you're not used to losing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I need to have some fun this Matt, this week, Matt, after this episode. It's going to. I'm going to lose my friggin' my, my friggin' mind. Um, that's it for this segment. We're done for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episode category. Oof! I need to slow down. Rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically. Eventually, compiling lists of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, let's see. Uh, 420 is that 90 show <laughs> currently. Oh, that not, this is that, worse than that, and I hate saying that. But I don't. I'm not sure about that, Matt. I'm not sure if this is worse. I mean, I we always go back to okay. Would you want to watch this episode again, or would you rather watch that '90s show again? That '90s show is Homer ODing. Speaking of heroin, uh, <laughs> not ha- now. Nah, it's not heroin. Get it? It's not. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was his. Uh, insulin or whatever it was yeah this is about, it's the fake it's the so fake. he wasn't odine he wasn't uh getting what he was supposed to well that's that's the joke they make it yeah. they're doing frigging kurt cobain heroin od jokes with homer like that's what's in that episode and yeah it's like i get i'm not angered by this episode Matt. like this episode doesn't make me angry it just makes me tired like it is on it is bland and unfunny but it doesn't have the like the terrible racism 
right? It doesn't have. I think like that mo- would put it above Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. That's what I'm like. I like yeah. This episode's up, up the pits, but it's also like it is so unessential. It's so bland. It doesn't make me upset. Is I know what it is. I think that's a part of it, Matt. Where like some of these episodes, I'm like, is it just because they're lazy? Is it because they, you know, they thought it was funny, but it's not, or they ran out of time? This is very clear what this episode is. It's Dan Castaneda wanting to meet Cheech and Chong and do a thing with them. Like it's so clear, and I think because I have that that certainty, it makes me feel a little bit better about it. It's still bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, I think that helps me. In a certain way, um, yeah. I think it's. I think Why are you the, convincing me this shows this episode is better than it is? Ugh. And I think this is the other part of it, Matt. Where we literally, I this I think is true. We literally haven't had this bad a run of episodes yet in the podcast. I mean, yeah, I really thought these would get better in the the twenties seasons, but man, they have gotten worse. So. It's when, like, I Scorpion's Tale, you know, last week, Scorpion's Tale, fake drug episode, right? Euphoria drug makes yep. old people, I, I, old people's eyeballs pop mm-hmm. out. I will say in this episode, Matt, nobody's eyeballs pop out of their head. That is fair. Okay. So, I, I'm going to put this, I would say this is just out of the 400s. I would say that it is... I think it is close to rednecks and broomsticks. I was actually thinking of that because I was, I was, uh, one of my touch points is GI annoyed grunt where the military tries to take over Springfield to get back at Homer for not being as stupid as they thought he was. And that's a tough one. I think you can't always say what you want is probably better than this, which is really saying something, but mm, rednecks and broomsticks. Isn't that one where at least gets caught in the woods with some, "Quote unquote Wiccans," and Homer's a moonshine expert. Yes, that is that one. That is that episode. That is the Wiccans, um, and Homer befriends Cletus and Moonshine. I think that's better than this. I think it is too. Yeah, but I think this is better than GI Noid Grunt by a hair, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, so there we go. New number three ninety-seven. A midsummer's. Nice dream. I'd probably be if if someone like if I literally could just have a talk with a writer who wrote who worked on the episode and like would tell me like oh that's that's why this is that you know they could tell me a reason if I just knew the intent with some of this stuff I think I'd be so much more coherent in like knowing and how I'd criticize it because like this is because this is so clear what it is I feel like I just like I know what it is it's not for me purposefully it's not it's for yeah it's for dan castaneda and the other seven old men who want to watch who love cheech and chong we're still watching the simpsons in 2011 like it's 2011 <laughs> who's why okay um a midsummer's night dream new number 397 right below red nice and broomsticks right above gi annoyed grunt first on the list is still home present me last in the list is still codependent stay holding strong we haven't got to the bar rag episode yet i'm interested to see how that goes matt we'll get there eventually um we're not done yet. We're almost done. Though. We're almost done. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer. That question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I mean, I've been fairly certain. I've been very, 
this is the most inessential Simpsons episode that ever existed. There was a list for that. There's zero reason anyone should ever watch this. This is so... If there was a list, a separate list, this is definitely lowest on that list, as far as I could say. Um, so, yes, fire the cannon. Uh, goodbye forever. Midsummer is a nice dream. We are working our way down from the top of the list down to the bottom, answering the same question about every episode on the list. We're going to get there eventually. It's going to be a long time, but we will. Uh, we're at number 153 on this list, which is Dumbbell Indemnity. For some reason, I can never remember what this one is about. Which one is this one, Robbie? It, this is the Mo and Renee episode. Oh, yeah, I really like that. It's one of the few ones where I actually appreciate Mo's character. Yeah, it's nice. It, and like you get some it's a character. Mo gets a character arc in this, right? He's just not ugly Mo. There's a lot of episodes which are just that ugly Mo. And to be fair, this episode is relatively early on in the how many suicide jokes we can fit into a Mo episode era. So it's not so bad. He's got that sweaty charm. He does have that sweaty charm. And Helen Hunt honestly knocks it out of the park as Renee. She's great. She really does. Like one of the one of the best guest stars. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's ever been an in for just a person who plays like a guest star who plays, you know, a person. A, a regular ass. Yeah, person. she's just a normal she's just a normal lady. That's really all it is. She's just a normal lady, and that's kind of, I guess that's what Helen Hunt always kind of did play. Was kind of normal ladies. Uh and with a with, you know, the charm and the, the class. Etc. Uh, so yeah, dumb no, dumb no, and definitely stays. Of course it does. Yes, yes, it stays. Um, we're getting down, Matt. We're getting in, in the next, you know, couple seasons. We're gonna hit the point where we're gonna say no to one of these. I guarantee it. I well, yeah. I mean, looking down this list, I'm just like, okay, next couple seasons, we're getting down to you know, uh, let's see, Mayor to the Mob. Uh, Wild Barts Can't Be Broken. Das. Probably going to be okay. Das Bus. Das Bus. <laughs> right, that's oh, a good insight. Season one episodes, Principal Charming. The Trouble. Cartridge Family. Oh, Lord. Trouble with Trillions. Trillion Dollar Bill. Is that canon? I don't know. Mm. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get there. Um, that'll do it for this week. Our next episode, Matt, is Love is a Many Strangled Thing. Interesting. Okay. I don't know what it's about. Homer. This is an episode literally about Homer and Bart, like going to therapy and Homer strangling Bart about like why it's bad. And I don't think it's going to be good. Probably not seeing as what the Simpsons were like in this era, but maybe Paul Rudd's in it. That's a, a huge upgrade right there. But the Simpsons, well, you know, they haven't always been good at using guest stars, as we have seen over and over again. America's sweetheart, Paul Rudd. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Vampire, Paul Rudd. Hey, he's not a vampire. He just doesn't age. He's an eternal. I think calling him a vampire is less of an insult than calling him an eternal. You see that? They're not. Fine, he's an external. They're not a good. That's not. Matt, you're starting to reach the limits of even my knowledge of Marvel Comics. So we, you should <laughs> we'll slow down a little okay. bit. Um, that's it for this. Oh, that's, you can find the stuff here. Here's some, uh, you can find this list on our website. It was the Simpsons show.com. Um, uh, you know, links to everything, our social media and our link to our Patreon. If you want to help the show, we'd really appreciate it. 
would really help us out, help pay for hosting. Maybe if we get enough people, we will buy a trivia belt. I don't think, I don't, maybe it's not maybe. still not even that feasible, but maybe, you know, maybe we will. Um, I have a new book coming out guys. It's on, it comes out in October, first Monday in October, October 2nd. It's called dead end. It is a zombie story. My first zombie story. It is about a worker at a giant conglomerate who discovers the company is doing secret experiments to turn their workforce into the perfect worker, the undead. Uh, I really love it. I I didn't like the story at all, actually, after I wrote it. And after working on it a lot and rereading it and messing with it, I think it's great now. Um, which is a thing that, I'm, if you had told Robbie that two years ago, I would not believe it. Um, but uh, it's coming out. I love the cover as well. There's will be a link in the show notes to pre-order it. I'd love it for you to pre-order it. If you love zombie stories, you'll love this. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is true. I spent all of my time taking care of the most adorable kittens in the world, which you can see on Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, look at them and just feel snuggled in your heart. If you have too tight snuggling in your heart, please contact your local doctor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you guys. That's it.